going to talk about New Testament ordinances. I don't know if you know that God has statutes and ordinances. And these New Testament ordinances, they are so important. Uh, Jesus' death on the cross delivered us from a lot of the ordinances. Uh, some of the ordinances are real, in the Old Testament are really tough. Uh, when a woman is having a time, uh, she can't go to church. I don't know if you know that. She couldn't go to church in the in New Old Testament time. Uh, they are allowed to stay off. Uh, in certain situations, uh, some people are not allowed to come to the sanctuary. Uh, I mean, maybe something really minor. But... That's Old Testament ordinances. You have to do the, a lot of washings and all of that. The sacrifice, one kind of offering, another kind of offering for different things. But Jesus swept all of those away. I mean, they were really burdensome. He swept all of those away by, through his death on the cross and gave us just a few. And still, some people don't follow through with the ordinances. Ordinances are very important. So I'm going to be sharing three of the very key ordinances, and I'm going to add one of mine. <laughs> it's, a fun, it's a wonderful day. Let's pray this morning. <laughs> Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you. We ask that you speak to our hearts and minister to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, the Bible tells us this. To obey is better than sacrifice and to heed than the fats of ram in other words if you want to bring something that's really good that god really loves he says just do what i asked you to do i don't need all your sacrifice i don't need you doing anything just do the simple thing that i ask you to do and god gets very upset when you don't do the simple thing the little things that he asks you to do. But when you do them with consistency and with faithfulness, God has found somebody to work with. And he begins to bless you. Not doing it faithfully is what gets people, Christians, staying in the same place where they are. God majors in faithfulness. He sees you when you are being faithful in what you are doing towards him. That means your heart is really in his program. And when you're not doing what is demanded of you, those very simple things, if you are not faithful in those things, then he's not there for you. He really can't help you because you've tied his hands by your ways. We have the accuser of the brethren. He's the devil. When he is right... It, there's nothing that's going to happen. God will not go against his word and bless you because you are his child. You've gone out of it. You are not being faithful, and God cannot bless you when you are not being faithful. Faithfulness is so important to God. That's why when we come to the place of judgment, God is not going to tell you, Oh, I just love these great things that you did. You built these great tabernacles or churches. Holding 5,000, 20,000 people. Oh, you're so wonderful. And this other guy, uh, you only built a sanctuary to hold 200 people? You are allowed him. 
And that's not, he's going, that's not the way he's going to judge people. He's going to judge you by being good and faithful. So faithfulness is the key. To me, I look for principles from the Word of God. And once I see Jesus saying on the day of judgment, all he's going to be saying, come in, enjoy into the, come in into the joy of the, of the Lord, thou good and faithful servant, that says it to me. What he prizes the most is faithfulness. That's goodness. So when you neglect his ordinances, he doesn't see you as being faithful. He sees you as going away from him, turning your back on him. That's what is the way he sees it. When you don't obey his ordinances. The first ordinance, and please get it. This is not about bring your money to the church. Oh, no. That, he has nothing to do with this. This is getting you to understand how God works with people. If you want Him to bless you. If you don't want, don't do it. Just do what you want to do. That's up to you. You have to deal with Him. But my job is to tell you the truth. And if you want God's blessings on your life, then obey the truth. But if you insist, the Bible says, disobedience and rebellion. Those are like witchcraft and... Idol worship. That's really bad. And, and God calls them stiff-necked. When you don't do what he wants you to do. So we have to understand that you are turning your back on God when you don't do his ordinance. So the first ordinance for a born-again Christian, for a follower of God, is tithing. You must pay your tithe. You must pay your tithe. That's between you and God. I, don't, I, I won't be checking after you uh, whether you are paying your tithe or not. I don't look at those things. Uh, the only time it matters to me is when we're looking for a real top leader in the church. That has to square up. Because you can't be a leader when you're not doing the simple things. Who are you going to lead? That's when I'll check. Uh, I'll check. I don't want trouble. So I'm going to check, make sure I'm not embracing trouble for myself. Because this guy is not doing what God is saying. You can't go past this. If you are a covenant person, that means if you are a Christian, you are a covenant person. You are in covenant with God. And God's covenant is covenant cut in blood. With the blood of his son. He's very important to him. And covenant people must pay their tithe. It's an ordinance that God is giving to us. If you don't pay your tithe, you are going back on God. You're turning your back on Him. I didn't say that I'm going to share scriptures with you. But I'm not, that's really up to you. But I know this will bless you. If the world can change your heart, if you're not doing it or doing it and not being faithful, it's only when you feel like it that you do it. <laughs> Feelings will drive you to the very wrong path. God doesn't walk with feelings. We walk by faith and not by sight. And faith is born out of what you know. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if you're not acting, you really don't have faith. Or you've turned your back on faith. Look at what the Bible says in Malachi chapter 3. Very popular scripture, but 
I'm not going with the, the uh, part of the tithe. It's the first part that I want to focus on. In verse 6 it says, For I am the Lord, I do not change. Therefore you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. It says, Yet, from the days of your fathers, you have gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. Return to me. In other words, you have been going away from me. You turned your back on me. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. So when he's talking about the fact, the very first scripture in verse 6, it says, because I'm the Lord, I do not change, therefore you are not consumed. In other words, even though you've turned your back on me and I don't change, because of my nature, I have been protecting you. Uh, that's why you have not been consumed. The reason why you are in disobedience and things are still going somewhat okay is because of who he is. He doesn't change. He's protecting you. But some things have changed. And you are hurting. You just don't you just know it. Some things have changed. It says, because I am the Lord, I do not change. Therefore, you are not consumed. Yet, from the days of your father... You have, your fathers, you have gone away from my ordinances. That's what I'm talking about today, ordinances. And I've not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you say, in what way shall we return? What do you mean, return? We've not moved, we still come to church every Sunday. And what do you mean, return? We've not gone anywhere, we pray Every day. And we read our Bibles. But God is saying, you've turned your back on me. So you're asking him, Lord, I don't understand. What are you talking about? So they said, in what way shall we return? It's God answers. Will a man rob God? You, in other words, you, let me just tell you that you're a thief. <laughs> you're a thief. This is revelation to you. Will a man rob God? It seems like you really can't do that, right? You can't rob from God. He sees everything. I mean, you got to be in real hiding to rob a very powerful man. He's going to hurt you. But he says, can a man rob God? The answer, obvious answer, no, no one can do that. He says, yet you have. God said you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. That's what everything he was saying before uh, concerning his ordinances is because they, have, they were not doing this. Tithes and offerings. You've turned away. When you don't do that, you don't pay your tithe, you don't give offerings to the work of the Lord. God is saying specifically in his word, you turn my, your back on me. Does God need the money for the church for, from heaven? Does he need uh, some kind of uh, great restaurant to go to get some good food to eat? God doesn't need any of that. He's for his work. He's really for his work. But when his work is hurting, you turn your back on him. His program is hurting. Because you're not doing what he's called you to do. So God saying. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. So it's very clear. 
and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessings that there will not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. Now, what is happening is this. Once you stop doing that, the heavens, with regards to blessings, is not coming. He's no longer there. There's a devourer already set in your life. He's working. But once you turn around and you come back to do what God asked you to do, and with all of your heart decide to obey God's ordinances, then the new work begins. But if you stay and you stay in rebellion, uh, things are going to go really bad for you. And sometimes the way Satan does his work, he won't allow you to see that. You will know that this is the reason why things are going bad for my family. You will know that this is the reason why your car keeps breaking down. Satan will not let you connect that. He won't let you do that. Because he knows the day you connect both of those two, you're free. He won't let you know the truth. So you're hurting in every way and you're totally unaware of it. Even your spiritual life begins to suffer. And you're not aware of it. That's why he's called the thief. He, will, he, he doesn't want you to know he's coming or he's stealing from you until he destroys you totally. So this is a very important thing, an important ordinance for the people of God. They need to know this. I, I, I'm not the pastor that's going to say, well, apologize to the people of God. I'm not going to talk about this because you're going to think I need your money. I'm not that kind of person. You didn't call me. He called me. I have to be obedient to him. Paul said, I'd never held anything from you that was profitable for you. I'm not going to hold back. I'm not in the business of offending or not offending people. I'm in the business of pleasing the Lord who called me to do his work. And if you are in obedience, God will bless you. And if you don't want to be obedient to him, you and your family have to deal with him. You don't have to deal with me. I don't. It's you and him. But I've got to tell you what he says. The truth is what sets you free. The truth is what makes you free. You may begin this to obey God and you'll find things that have been so bad in your life suddenly turn around. And things will begin to look up. But I know over these years I've come to know the way God works. The day you make up your mind that you're going to do this, things will not change for probably the next two months. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because God wants to see if you really mean business. So, if you don't understand that, he told Abraham, take that your son Isaac, take him to that mountain and kill him for me. Sacrifice him for me. Ugh. Don't tell anybody about that, that your God told you to kill your son. And say, are you sure you are not hearing from the devil? But Abraham knew God's voice. And God knew that Abraham was his servant. Don't tell me God didn't know everything. But he put him through the test. And waited until he tied the fellow down, his son down, and lifted the knife before he stopped him. Why? Why put a man through all that torture? And then God says, now I know. Now I know you fear God. And that means you fear and love God. When it comes to God, you, even my, your son, 
is not as important to you. And God says, I'm going to swear by myself. I will swear by myself because I don't have anyone greater than me. I'll swear by myself. In blessings, I will bless you. That's what he said. So when you begin to do what is right, there may not be a result in the face. He's not going to stop you. Okay, I'm happy you changed my No, He's going to watch to see if he will be consistent. If you will be faithful. And once you miss it, oh, I forgot to pay my tithe. And you run back and you give it. If he sees that in you, there is nothing in this life that will stop you from being prosperous. It may, be not, it may not be fast. But the thing that you will see in your life, you know how people go up and down. Up and down. God doesn't want that. Amen? When God begins to bless you, as you are faithful, He begins, you just go way up. You're not coming down. Who's going to bring you down? Who's going to bring you down? What devil is this that is going to bring you down? Where is that devil going to come from? How can they bypass God and say, God, God says, oh, son, I was sorry. I was, just, I was just taking a little nap, you know, and he, he passed by me. It's not going to happen. Knowing the nature of your God, amen, knowing who God is, you're not risking anything. If you don't believe God is, then do whatever you like. But I believe God is. And He sees everything that's going on in your life. He sees the plans of your heart. He knows exactly what you're doing. And if your heart is good towards Him, He notices. Amen? And when you keep that faithfulness on, He says, come. You were faithful in the little things. I'm now going to give you all of these great things to manage for me. You don't have anything. We don't have anything. He just go, these things are going through us. And when God can trust you, He puts more through you. The men of the world, they don't know what you're doing in secret. Amen? And they say, well, He's so this. It's all because what, of, of what you're doing in secret. Being faithful. Giving to what to God what is due God and, and what, what they ask for offerings to get things done in the house of God. These things are important. I don't we're not gonna I told, I think I was telling somebody finances don't ever bother me. All I need to know is is God in it? That's fine. I know God is in covered. I'll get the money to build a church there. Amen. There's no doubt in my mind. Because I believe God is involved in that. God is involved. As long as I know God is involved and I'm doing what He asked me to do, uh, I just attract the money to get it done. Amen? It's going to come out somewhere. That's just the way it's going to be. Amen? Covenant people pay tithe. Return to God. I don't have time to go through the other covenants today. Um, because of time, but Job chapter 22, verse 23 through 25. Again, you will see the word return. Thank you. Again, you will see the word return. It says, if you return to the Almighty, what will He do? He'll be, you will be built up. 
God said in Malachi, return, right? Return to me, and I will return to you. And in Job, we're reading there, if you return to the Lord, what is he going to do? You will be built up. God will build you up. No matter what's happening in your life, no matter how bad things are in your life today, that, it doesn't mean just returning to the Lord for salvation, being saved. And you, if you are not saved, you need to do that. Let God build you up. Give your life to the Lord without reservation. Everyone that's come to God and said, God, I'm a sinner. I'm turning my back on my sins. I'm coming to you. And you come to God with all of your heart to do what He commands you to do. There is no way you will not be blessed on this earth. It's impossible for that to happen. You will be blessed. It may not seem so at the very beginning, but when God is through with you, they will even say to you, we know you are blessed. Because God will finish the work that He's begun. But in the same vein, the Bible is saying, return to me. When you return to God, He'll build you up. Sometimes I hesitate to say this because of who, how, how mighty God is. He's article there. But if you return, truly return to the Lord in the way that God says for you to return and you're not built up, then God told a lie. I don't like to say that, but we know it's impossible for God to lie. God cannot lie. In Deuteronomy 29, verse 29, God says, God is not a man that he should lie. Only man lies, liars. Man lies. <laughs> Every one of us in this room have lied sometime. And some still lie a lot. No, but not God. God recognizes only men do that. God cannot lie. So when God says if you return to him, you will be built up. But it's your choice whether you want to return to him or not. Covenant people pay tithes to the Lord. Melchizedek came to uh, Abraham and blessed Abraham. He gave him wine. And bread, that's our communion, which we're going to be doing very quickly. He gave him those things. And then he blessed Abraham of God, because Abraham was of God. And then as soon as he got through, Abraham, a covenant man, he gave him tithes of everything he had. And when I read, read that, and I said, who taught him to do that? <laughs> when you are a covenant person, you know to do that. And Jacob told the Lord, when the Lord appeared to him in the ladder, he says, God, if you bless me like you said, I'm telling you, when I return, everything you bless me with, I'll give you a tenth of it. He learned from his father, Isaac. And Isaac learned from Abraham. We should learn from our father and do what is right. Tithe is not a burden. Tithe is you saying to God, I belong to you. And the, my cup is here, open. Pour upon me everything that you have for me. That's all you're saying. You're saying, God, I can trust in myself. I'm trusting in you. This is a token of my love for you and my declaration 
that you are my God. And I receive everything that comes to you. I am at your mercy. That's what you're saying. And he loves that. And he's going to pour. If you, if you make up your mind today, and you're going to obey God, God's going to bless you. I'm going to go past the second ordinance, that ordinance, and go through it quickly. That ordinance is baptism. Baptism. Jesus never baptized anybody with water. Water. He never did. But he baptized. He was sitting there while his disciples were baptizing his followers. John the Baptist was also baptized in some other place. And Jesus himself went and was baptized. When he gave commandment, he said to the people, he said, go preach the gospel to every creature. Everyone who believes will be, and is baptized will be saved. So baptism is a very important thing. And I'm going to tell you, there is a grace from God that will not be in your life until you get baptized. So I'm encouraging everyone that's in church today, if you have been born again and you haven't been baptized in water, talk to me after service. We want to baptize you. I'm not going to wait till we get into that building. We have a place where we can baptize you. But if you have not been baptized, don't, what you're saying to God in your heart, maybe you're not thinking of what you're doing. Well, that doesn't matter. Who told you that? Jesus went and he was baptized. On the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came, and the people heard Peter's sermon because they were baffled by what was happening, they said, men and brethren, what shall we do? Peter's reply was, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus, every one of you. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. This thing that is so mysterious to you will become part of your life. 3,000 people say, hey, put, I want that. Amen. I want that. 3,000 people came in that day. Baptism is so important. In Acts 19, Acts 19, beginning from verse 1, Paul actually met some disciples. And he said to them, and, and I'm saying to every one of you, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you were baptized? I mean, when you received the Lord, when you were saved, he said. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you got saved? And the fellow says, we haven't heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And his next reply was, Paul's reply was, how were you baptized? Who baptized you? And how were you baptized? Because if you're a Christian, it's assumed you've been baptized in water. I say that again. If you're a Christian and you're living for God, it's assumed by everyone that you have been baptized in water. And so if you call yourself a Christian and you haven't been baptized in water, you are a rebel. Well, that's the truth. Because you can't go against God's word and be successful. You have to be baptized in water. You have to submit yourself just like Jesus did. Jesus said to John, do it to fulfill all righteousness. You want your righteousness fulfilled? <laughs> you got to be baptized. You have to be baptized. So if you haven't been baptized in water, please talk to me. I'm not going to go up and be asked about you not being baptized. I'm telling you now, you need to be baptized. And if you haven't, come talk to me. 
we will put you in water real fast. Amen. <laughs> you think he's just being a pastor? I know I'm going to be facing him one day. And I like it to be cool when I'm there with him, okay? <laughs> you got to save your neck, you know? <laughs> I'm not just yelling at you for nothing. I really mean business. <laughs> Amen. So please talk to me. Talk to Pastor Andy. Talk to Pastor Angela. Talk to us. I want you baptized. I've already said it. God is my witness. Baptism is so important. Now, the last thing I will go through that real quickly is communion. Communion, most people, uh, they don't think much about communion. But I tell you what, you can actually get healed taking the communion. I've seen that happen in this church. Pastor West, when he was here, he heard the message on communion, his wife was sick, both of them something going, and they did it right after that, the sickness was gone. I pray that God helps you to understand how important communion is to Jesus. So important. And when you approach it with disrespect, you hurt yourself really bad. That was what was happening to the Corinthian church. They didn't understand fully the gravity of what they were doing. The manner in which they were taking it was the problem. They were not coming with a lot of reverence. It's not just sin. If there is sin, you can confess it and God forgive you. The communion can bring forgiveness into your life, if that's what you want, and can bring deliverance. But if you don't do it with a lot of reverence, knowing what you're doing, you don't get the benefit, and if your attitude is not right, you could really hurt yourself. You could die. You could die. So that's why we do this every Sunday. And we also have uh, something back at the back of the church for you, for you to take. Most times I do that almost daily. Communion. Because Jesus said, do it in remembrance of me. So I need to do that telling him I'm, I'm remembering you for my health and spiritual health. Emotional health, mental health, all of it. I need you, Jesus. So I do that. In Luke 22, it says, Then he took cup and gave thanks and said, Take this and divide among yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. He said, As he took bread, gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them saying this cup this is the this is my body which is given for you do this in remembrance of me likewise he also took the cup after supper saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood so what you have in your hand is the new covenant in his blood is so important to the Lord Jesus. If you have your Bible, I would like you to go back to that same passage. Um, 
there's something that I'm looking for. I would like to give me verse 15 on that same passage, please. Verse 15 of Luke chapter 22. I'd like you to see something there. I couldn't go, go without letting you see this. Because it's really important. We got it? Okay, so. It says, Then he said to them that Jesus speaking, With fervent desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. Fervent desire. Jesus was looking forward to this communion night with his disciples. And he made it known to them. With fervent desire, I wanted, I, would do, I wanted to do this with you before I go on to suffer, taking the sins of the world. And he gave them communion. And you know how it was for him on that very day. That was a very tough day for God. Right after that, he was in Gethsemane. And you know how he was crying out to his father, even sweating blood. But all, if, the way he said it, I felt like all along Jesus was walking towards this one day when he was going to see. They've been having all kinds of meals together. But this was different. And he was waiting for this very last meal to take with his disciples before he goes on to the cross. This is a very strong ordinance for the believer. And you must do it with the right heart. Jesus compared it to manna. He said, manna is inferior to what I'm giving you in the communion. Your fathers ate manna in the wilderness and they died. He said, but I am the true bread. I came down, this bread is the bread coming down from heaven. That a man may eat. And not die. He, when they rebelled and said, Will this man give us his flesh to eat and his blood to drink? You think, Oh, well, a preacher will tell them, Let me really explain. I'm talking about it in the spiritual realm, okay? And not fleshly. Jesus didn't do that. He told them, Listen, my flesh is what? Meat, in, indeed. In other words, my flesh is food, indeed. And my blood is drink. If you don't drink and you don't eat, you have no life in you. And so on this particular day, when Jesus took the bread and he said to his disciples, This is my body. Eat. A Jewish man is not going to eat human flesh. Right? They know not to do that. They don't even eat catfish. And here's somebody telling them, my body, my flesh. Uh, they will question that. The disciples, they will probably question. Peter will question. But they understood what he was talking about. <laughs> they knew what he had said before. It's my body. My blood. Drink so you will have life. So they, ate, they took it quietly, no question. They understood something. Amen. That's what I want you to understand. This is very powerful. And your life can be transformed if you do this. I'm going to read this scripture and then we'll go on. Let's, uh, those that are giving us communion, helping us with the communion, please come up. 
We have communion, communion Sunday. Let me read this scripture for you in First uh, Corinthians chapter eleven, twenty-seven through thirty-one. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drink this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. So, if you don't do it right, you will be guilty. So, it's not just bread; it's not just uh, the wine that you're drinking. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner, eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. Now this is what I want you to hear. For this reason, because you've been doing it in an unworthy manner, no real respect, because of this, your attitude towards the communion table, it says, for this reason, many are weak. You're not doing the communion right. That's why you're weak. We just ate bread and, and uh, some juice. How can you tell us we're sick and weak and some of us die just because we took communion? That was bread. Uh-uh. It's more than that. Yeah. It's much more than that. Amen. This is very spiritual. And you can be healed. If this can make somebody weak, this can make you strong. <laughs> if you do it right. If this can make somebody sick, sickly, this can deliver you from yes, your sickness. If this can cause people to die, this will prevent you from dying. Amen. That's the truth. Amen. Stand up with me this morning. And uh, you can please come up and get your communion.